Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. It's always game day in Buffalo, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovee. All right, complete these answers. I'm going to steal this. Uh, Travis Wingfield, I was on his podcast with the Miami Dolphins. He asked me this. I'm going to ask you this. You ready? Okay, sure. The Bills win this game. If they blank, or as long as they blank, as long as they don't make, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it differently. The Bills win this game if Josh Allen plays like Josh Allen. If Josh Allen has a Josh Allen game. They are winning this game. I do not need Josh Allen to have 400 yards and four touchdowns. But if Josh Allen has 300 total yards, three touchdowns, and one interception, they're going to win this game. The Bills lose this game if blank. They turn the ball over yeah. more than once. Mm, more than once. Well, it, to me, it would come down to, as long as you take it away then. But I agree. Mm-hmm. you got to take care of the ball. That, to me, is the number one thing. The Bills win this game. I'll say it the other way. I think the way I answered him was the Bills win this game if they don't turn the ball over. I think that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the key there. I think you can Dolphins, get away with one. I think you get away yeah, with one. He's had one every week. You know what's funny is I know. Josh has thrown one interception every week for the last whatever. He th- The last time he threw two was when... Ken Dorsey was the OC against Denver. Every week after that, he's thrown one. And he's thrown three three in week one. When was the interception against the Cowboys? Was it a Hail Mary? When was the interception against the Cowboys? Interception against it. It's a good question. I think I can can remember. remember, Did I read it wrong? Let me go back and look. I thought he had one interception in every game, but I I could be wrong. I'm going to go back. I doubt you read it wrong. I've got it up right here. I just got to find the game. Okay. Okay. I, I could have. Maybe maybe he had zero, zero or one. Let's see. No interception. Uh, no, he in didn't. Game. No. He was he, 7 okay. of 15 oh, oh, for 94 right. yards. One TD, no interceptions. My apologies. Thank you. It still stands, though. Mm-hmm. One interception every game after the, yeah. except for that one, after Dorsey and two in that game against Denver. It's wild. Mm-hmm. His game log of interceptions, 3-0-1-0. Mm-hmm. One 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 two one 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 zero one one. It's amazing. I'm I'm a sicko with some stuff. You know, there's a lot that I don't know about different you know aspects of football. I think I could go back and probably tell you every single one of those interceptions over the course of the year, and I could probably do most touchdowns too. But I think as I look back on the season, I could tell you like, okay, 
The yep. last game was a deep shot to Kincaid that they tried to force. The game before was the one where they underthrew Diggs on a deep shot yep. that if it was another yard, and I could just go down the line. But um, yeah, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to like disprove your point or anything. I just no, it's all good. I'm glad. Out. I'm glad he he had he had one in every game except Dallas since the offensive coordinator change. He's had one. All right. So the way I said the I answered when I was on this podcast, Miami wins this game if. I said, if they get a few chunk plays, I think they're going to need them in this game. The Bills don't typically give them up. And mm-hmm. I don't. I think if you force Miami to go 8, 10 plays, not a good recipe for them. I think Miami's mm-hmm. going to need to try to get a few chunk plays against the Bills in this one. Yeah, I think so too. If there's any team that can do it, it's probably them, especially if they also do have Jalen Waddell available. If they don't, I don't want to say it makes your life easier, but I think you would feel much better having to contain Tyreek Hill as opposed to having to contain Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. We've kind of seen it go back and forth when these teams have played, when Sean McDermott has gone up against Tua these last few years. There have been games where Tua has had big games and that, or excuse me, where Tyreek has had big games and then Jalen Waddell plays a little bit more of a backseat and then there's been vice versa. Like the late regular season game last year, I think Waddell and Tyreek had big games. And then in the playoff, Waddell had a couple crucial drops they were playing with Skylar Thompson. So it was not, you know, as obvious. And then in the first game of the, so I think that that will make their lives a little bit easier if they're only dealing with one of those. But at the same time, you also cannot completely forget about trying to stop the run because they will gash you for six, seven, eight yards a carry, because that has been very effective for them. All right. We all know what's on the line in this game for the Buffalo bills and the Miami dolphins, the two seed, but there's actually more on the line for the bills possibly leading up to the game. We're going to know that by the time they kick off, we're going to know if the bills are going to be winning in losing out or if it's just, Hey, they're already in and now it's for the number two seed. So let's think about what's happening in that Ravens Steelers game on Saturday night. The Ravens have said (laughs) they're not going to start Lamar Jackson. It'll be Tyler Hundley. They're going to play most of their reserves or backups. Now that said, there's only 55 spots on a roster. So, Mm Most of the guys playing, Matt, are guys that normally play in some capacity. So they'll have, you know, NFL caliber players out there, guys on their roster. I don't think it's a cakewalk for the Pittsburgh Steelers, to be quite honest with you. No. And Tyler Huntley, as Eric Wood pointed out to me on my other podcast, he said He's a pro bowler. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a pro bowler true. once. Yeah. But, but but what he pointed out is right. He said he'll get the game plan for the whole week. He'll get all the reps. That's different mm-hmm. than just being the backup and coming in off the bench. Mm-hmm. Like he, he'll be prepared to play the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and of course he's gonna he's gonna want to play well, obviously. Yeah, I mean he had games last year where he was effective. Like it is not unheard of for him to go in and, <laughs> and play for this team. Like he has gotten because Lamar has had some injury problems the last couple of years. He has had some serious work for them. So I am not writing off the Ravens whatsoever. No, I think that of the games the Bills need to get some help in. I think they're more likely to get it in the Titans game than they are in the Ravens Steelers game. But honestly, that's more of like a hunch than it is from just like a strictly football standpoint. I just kind of feel like maybe Derrick Henry's last game with the Titans, probably Mm -hmm. DeAndre Hopkins has some big incentives that he's probably wanting to hit. Ryan Tannehill is likely playing for his future in the NFL as a backup. Do we know is is it Tannehill or is it Tannehill? Do we know? I think it's I think it's probably going to be Tannehill. I can I'll look it up right now. But I just yeah I think that if you're Sal, are you familiar with the emotional hedge? You know what that means? Of course. Yeah, sure. Okay. If you emotionally, I think I think I know what the emotional hedge is. I might be wrong. Right. The emotional hedge would be betting against you know. So yeah, if, right. If, so if you, you put you put your money 
on something to make you feel better, even though emotionally it would it would destroy you. Yes, exactly. So it's like even if your team loses, you are financially gaining because yes. you know you bet on the other team. So I was curious, what would it be if you bet the Steelers to win, which would obviously be bad for the Bills, the Jags to win, obviously be bad for the Bills, and the Dolphins to win, which would be the worst case scenario for the Bills. That means they miss the playoffs. It's about depending on the sports book that you look at between like plus 450 and plus 500. So the odds of all of those three things happening are not astronomical, but they're also not low. Like the Vegas odds tell you it is unlikely that all of those things ultimately happen. Mm -hmm. And for the Bills, you just hope the thing that happened, of course you want to win, but I think odds wise, it's probably a better chance that one of those games goes your way than neither of them goes your way. Especially week 18 is one of the hardest ones to predict. It is a weird, weird league, and it feels like the weirdest stuff happens at the end of the season. All right, so by the time you and I talk again on on this podcast, we will know the fate of the 2023 Buffalo Bills as far as if they're in the postseason, out of the postseason, and even who their opponent's going to be. So here are the four teams they can possibly play if they get the two seed, all right? You rank them in order of how much you think you'd rather see that team over the other. Like, yeah, that's okay. the best matchup for the Bills. You ready? Here are the four yes. teams they can play. Then we know. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. Help me out if you think that if you notice I got something wrong. The four teams okay. they can play. Jaguars, Steelers, Texans, Colts. Yes, those are the teams. Okay. Rank them. And am I starting with who I would want to play most or least? Most. Colts. Colts one. Hmm. Colts one, Steelers two, Jags three, Texans four. I think the Texans of all of those teams might scare me the most just because I think I like CJ Stroud more than I like Trevor Lawrence, which is mind boggling for me to even say, but I think CJ Stroud has been so good for that team. And I don't know, for some reason, they just feel like they could go and make a little bit of noise. So that's how I would I would say, though, the Colts and the Steelers are kind of in a category of their own of like you would feel pretty comfortable if you had to beat either of those teams. I know it's the NFL. I know it's the playoffs. Wow. But then the then I think there would be a little bit of a step down and then it's the other guys. So, so Mason Rudolph doesn't what he's doing for the Pittsburgh Steelers doesn't move the needle much for you. I know that it's about so much more than a quarterback, but whenever I get to these conversations, so much of me reverts back to the quarterback. And this is the same thing I would say about the Cleveland Browns. It's the same thing I would say about some of these teams that do not have the whole Joe Flacco is elite conversation. If you get to the playoffs and are playing a team that has Mason Rudolph, Joe Flacco, or Gardner Minshew and cannot beat them, you do not deserve to win, and you do not deserve to try and compete for a Super Bowl. For as good as their defenses are, you can simply not lose to that guy. If I told you in August the Bills could potentially play a playoff game against Gardner Minshew, you would have thought I was out of my mind. But that's just the way the season is played. I agree with you except for one thing. So I, I, I like the Colts one for you, like you said. I think I would also say Pittsburgh too. I think I would. I would go Texans three. I love CJ Stroud as much as you do. I think he's phenomenal, but I don't know if they're quite ready. Like the Jaguars would be the one that I least want to play. They've been here before they've been to the playoffs and they beat the bills earlier this year. 
and yeah, Doug Peterson's been there and Josh Allen on the other side and Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. I mean, I would have, I'd be more afraid of that than I think yeah, I would but, the Texans, but I do think the Texans are, they, they could just stun you right because of what CJ Stroud can do. But I also don't think their overall roster would be comparable for me. Isn't there something to be said though, about if the Jags are the team that comes, comes here, that would mean that they lose, right? Their last game. And they would be the wild card team. Yes. Right. So that would mean they have lost five of six. And here's this one. This is even crazier. They would have lost five of six, and the five losses would have all been with Trevor Lawrence. And the one mm. win would have been with their backup. Yeah. So No, I, I hear you. I hear you. But you I know, still talk about be, I think they'd be more dangerous to me. I get I, it though. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I understand too from just a strictly they've got talent, they've got playmakers, they've got Trevor Lawrence, who I think is a good quarterback. I think back to the London game though, it felt like the Bills did almost everything wrong in that game and still had a chance to win at the end and let it slip away. I think if you gave them another, you know, chance at it, they should absolutely be able to win. I think the range of you know, if you wanted to look at spread, I don't want to, I don't even want to get to that point because who knows? We got to see how this plays out. Okay. The season could be done on Sunday night. So, all right. So, let me ask you the other question then. If the Bills do wind up making it though as the six or seven, uh-huh. um, what's the better matchup for them to go back to Miami the next week or to go to Kansas yes. City? Go back to Miami next week. Mr. Miami, I, you're going to say this. I don't think that if the Bills lose to Miami, they could lose two games in a row. I think it would. I think it would be scary. I think if they won this game and there was some sort of situation where Miami could come back to Buffalo next week, I think that would be a really dangerous matchup. But that couldn't happen. So for me, I think that if you were going to have to pick one of those things, I think you sign up to go to the place where there's warm weather, a team that's banged up, a team that's probably still a little bit banged up, and avoid Patrick Mahomes for as bad as they have looked. I still don't love the idea of having to go and play Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you That'd think? Be the- Better matchup, I think. Do you think they get any help? Do you think one of those games goes their way? Or do you think that it's absolutely win and in or miss the playoffs completely? I do. I just don't know which one. I think one of them is going to happen. I could see a scenario either either way and anyway, actually, going, you know, not eat, not, none of them, nothing going their way. But I, I think one of them will. I just, it's the way the NFL is, the nature of the beast. 2004, the Bills played the Steelers backups. Steelers beat them, kept them out of the playoffs, essentially, right? I mean, these things happen sometimes in the NFL. So I could see the Do Titans feel- winning. They, they want to win. They want to spoil their rival season. Yeah. Do you think nobody, no fan would sign up for this? And the team wouldn't either. But do you think it, they're more focused and more dangerous if they know that it's win or go home? Like, do you feel like their chances change at all? If they're know they're in, or if they know they would be out with a loss, do you think it changes anything? No, I don't. I I think that if they are, if they if something happens Saturday or Sunday afternoon, yes, they can breathe a sigh of relief. I think this team really wants to defend their three time AFC East Division Championship. I think they want to win this game and be home. They know how important it is to be home for the playoffs for two straight rounds if they can. So I don't think sure. that matters. But there could be a there could be a little bit of a sigh of relief. Maybe you let your guard down a little bit. I get it. I think this team is focused on it doesn't matter. We are there to win a championship. That's what matters. It's not about being in the playoffs at this point. It's about winning a championship, a division championship, and being at home. Yeah. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's just the margin for error and the hole that they dug themselves in is just so scary because you know what could ultimately happen. You know that if you go and have a bad game, then your season could be done and it could be locker clean out day on Monday. And I think it's so weird because if this if we were talking about a team that we thought was just going to get into the playoffs and eventually lose, I think the conversation probably feels a little bit different. But I truly do believe that if they get into the playoffs, they could go on a run. Like I really do think they could oh, be, yeah. especially if they end up being in the number two seed. I I would think that there's a really good chance they end up playing in the AFC Championship game, and then at that point, who knows what's going to happen? So that's why I think it's even more heightened because it's not. This is not the year where they got in in 2019, and the expectation was to try and win a playoff game and then see what happens. This is a you get into the playoffs because you think you actually can compete for a Super Bowl. And that's yeah. why I think the stakes are that much higher. All right. So before we let everybody go, the Bills could obviously go to Miami two weeks in a row. Like if things fall that way, it can wind up happening. We are recording this on January 3rd, 2024. 31 years to the day of the greatest uh-huh. comeback in NFL history, which I still refer to it like that because even though the Minnesota Vikings technically did win it, beat that record last year with the amount of points they came back on the Colts. This game was a playoff game. It was so meaningful. Obviously, it helped get the Bills to their third straight Super Bowl 31 years ago today. But what a lot of people don't know about that game, Matt, it was a rematch from the previous week. Yes, the Bills went to Houston in the finale. And I think the Bills, if I remember right, I could be wrong about this. I think they might have had to win to try and win the division and something else had to fall their way. Um, Houston was in a wild card. I think I, I don't know if they could have gotten out, but they had to win for some other reason. I don't know. Either way, the point is it's kind of a similar setup in a little bit in that game. The bills lost 27 to three to Houston. They come mm-hmm. back home. They're up. They're down 35 to three Matt before the comeback before the greatest comeback. Sorry. Before the greatest comeback in NFL history, the bills were trailing the Houston Oilers 62 to six over three quarter over six quarters of play. That's amazing. And then they still ended up coming back and getting the win. That's a, I think that, do you have a good comeback story at all? Do you, were you, do you, were you there? Or do you I was not there. It was were? one of only, it was one of like two playoff games through the Super Bowl era. I did not go to, um, like a lot of people, the game was not a sellout, uh, in, yeah. at least not in time for the blackout. And people say, how could you not sell it out? Look, there were like 80,000 seats in the stadium at the time. It's a lot. Not that that's mm-hmm. an excuse, but Bills had just gone to two Super Bowls and, we were a little spoiled and it was like, yeah, it's a wild card. It's not a great year. You don't want to be there if they lose. I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, we've already seen them be. So I don't know. That's part of the reason. So me and my buddies, we went to a sports bar to watch the game. And I remember we were going to leave at halftime. We decided to play a little darts, see how it went. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, Kenny Davis scored. We started watching a little more and then you get really dialed into the game and everything happened the way it happened. My, so I know people are going to listen to this and they're going to roll their eyes because there's probably 250,000 people who are at that game, even though the stadium only sits. Uh, I admitted I was not, though. You did. You did. My dad was there. He had season tickets from 85 to 97. And he said the only reason that they stayed was because I guess at the time, I don't even know if you can do this now. 
you could bring like thermoses, you could bring your own stuff into games at that point. Okay. And they brought, you know, their thermoses full of coffee and a little bit of extra into the game and they had to finish it. So it was the half and they were still not done. So they're like, well, we're going to sit here and we've got this warm stuff. So we're just going to keep on going until we run out and then we're ultimately going to leave. And then he said so many people left and then they were trying to climb their way back into the stadium. Yes, they were. I think he said he used to say that that was the second best game he's well, he said it was the best game he had ever been to, but the most fun game was the AFC Championship, the fifty-one right. to three. He said that was that as good as it, he said that was as good as it gets to you know be at a game as a fan. Hundred percent, forty-one to three at halftime. You knew they were going to their first ever Super Bowl. Uh, That's it, so it was, crazy. It was, it was the greatest. That's so it was, crazy. It was, it, was, it was the greatest. It was great being there. I was a senior in high school, sitting in the first okay. row of the upper deck. So I mean, that was cool. To be there for that day. Yeah, for sure. The only other game I didn't go to playoff game in that whole Super Bowl era was actually against the Raiders, but it was the other Raiders game, like the coldest game in that stadium's history. When the Bills were down late, they came back and it was an onside kick that Steve Tasker returned for a touchdown. It was wild, a wild game. And the Bills squeaked it out like 29, 22 or something like that. It was weird, 23, 22, whatever the score was. That was the only other one. Otherwise, even as a high schooler and college student at Syracuse. I went to all those playoff games and it was a, a great atmosphere. And now here we are again with a lot of, you know, playoff games at this stadium recently, uh, several, I should say, and maybe more on the way this year. We'll see, I guess. Do you have a favorite Dolphins game that you've been to over the years or one that stands out? Um, I would say <clears throat> first Super Bowl year, yeah. 40, 44, 34 in the snow. The week before the AFC Championship game, the Bills. Oh, so that was the, the divisional round? Divisional round, 1990. Yes, I'm sorry. 1990, Bills have a game at home, Marino and Kelly. It's dry, pretty much green turf for the first half. Second half is all snow on the field, all white. Yet it was 78 points scored, 44 34 Bills. That's really cool. That's really cool. I'm trying to think of like, in the recent, so I've this is my ninth season covering the team. I mean, last year's was great. The Saturday night, I guess yeah, I was going to say that's probably the one. Was Kyle's last game against the Dolphins Kyle Williams? It was, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think it was the Jets the following year. They played the Dolphins in Miami. Did they play Miami the to following end, year in Buffalo to end the year? Maybe I feel like they did, and Josh kind of lost his mind. That would have been 2018. And that would have been the game where Josh Allen and Zay Jones had like a bunch of touchdowns together. It was, it was 42 to 17. Josh yep. Allen finished the day 17 of 26 for 224 and three touchdowns and then had 95 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. So just a casual five touchdown day as a rookie. Uh, that was one of the ones that I think of because I think of Kyle Williams kind of like going around the entire perimeter of the stadium with fans. And I had a camera right in front of him. And yep, I just followed yep, yep, him yep. literally all the way around. But yeah, no, the game last year was really, really fun. And I would imagine that this Sunday's game is going to be pretty cool. Regardless of what happens, I think it is very cool and very indicative of how far this team has come that they start the season on Monday Night Football on the big stage against the New York Jets in maybe the most anticipated, you know, one of the most anticipated games of the entire NFL season. And now they're the team that plays in the actual last game of the regular season, game 270. I think that's really, really cool. It's, it's very cool. Seven night games this year, counting Sunday night. Matt Bove, WKBW TV Channel 7. You can find all of his coverage there in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, WGR Sports Radio 550. And of course, 
everywhere here as far as the podcast is concerned. Hopefully, it's not the last one of the year for the you know. In, to re- but hopefully next time we're not just wrapping up the season, I guess the next yeah. time we talk, you know, whenever that is though, you can always download, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you pod. And of course on the Sal sports video, YouTube channel. Can I real quick PSA to anybody yeah. who's listening? First off, thank you for listening. Yeah. Sal will be going down with the team to Miami. <sighs> I am going down Saturday morning and I will be trying to interview some fans probably Lauderdale beach area, late morning, early afternoon. So if you are in that area and you see oh. a guy with a camera, I, I know that right by elbow room. So you go to elbow room. <laughs> you'll 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 have a million of them. There's no shortage of people who are going to be down there. I am trying to go and knock that out and send stuff back for you know the newscast in Buffalo. Did you see the story that we had at WKBW.com today about the ticket sales with vivid seats? Did you see that no. at all? They are predicting that more than 50% of the fans in attendance are going to be Bills fans. And they think that that wow. number is going to continue to climb. Their That's their incredible. numbers their numbers right now because they can geotag where the secondary ticket market sales have come from indicate that fifty two percent of the tickets have been sold to people in Western New York. It's amazing. Uh, by the way, my buddy Christian Kramer, singer here in Buffalo, said he's going to be performing at Elbow Room on Saturday evening. So go over there and you can be a part of that and check him out. You can uh, and say hi and uh, listen to some great music. Also, real quick apology from me. You guys have been hearing been coughing a little bit. I had a bad respiratory infection a while back. It's kind of snuck up on me again, so I'm 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 taking care. I apologize on the audio for anybody hearing that, and you, Matt, and a Mike Robbie, mm-hmm. our producer. I've been trying to do my best to get through it today. So thanks for that's why you didn't see me down at practice today, by the way, as well. I just want to get do don't you, get any you have those you have those cube things, the soup things that what? you were eating. The, like, oh, the broth. broth. I'll have to, to do that. I'll have to do that again. I was gonna say, yeah, but I don't have be... like it's not sinuses though. It's just a little cough in the respiratory area. It's weird. Okay, yeah, just you get know? better. Yeah, thanks. I got it. Anyway, I apologize for you to you, everybody on that and listen to that. And I, I thank everybody for dealing with that. All right. Thanks to Mike Rabier, our producer. And uh, we'll talk to you next time here. And it's always game day in Buffalo.